Welcome back, Boomtown fans. Towners? Towners. We decided we're calling them Towners. What up, Towners? <laughs> we're your hosts. Diani <laughs> Roger and Janae Coleman Durden. And this is Boomtown Story. Story. That was together. That, that was, was together. I don't that well, okay. Well, you were you um you froze a little bit over here, so I didn't, it wasn't together, but it was together last time you said it was together, so maybe. I, th- I think, I think I, I think I have like a feeling for when it's together. Okay. It was pretty together last week, so. Yeah, it was. I was very surprised. I was like, oh, she was right, because it didn't seem like it. Why are you surprised when I'm right? It happens so often. Mm, I don't think that's true. I think people <laughs> believe you. No, no, no. People no, no, believe no. you. Um, I'm not always making a good choice. But mm-hmm. I'm usually correct about whatever I said. No, but there have been some times I'm like, wait, what? And you're like, I don't know. I made it up. But what I made up was still right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I should have been an attorney. Mm-hmm. Anywho. All right. So, uh, hey, you guys. Just in case first time tuning in. We're a comedy interview podcast. The comedy is just us laughing at ourselves all, all the time. You just heard it. It was great. Yeah. And making uh, inappropriate jokes to our guests and making them uncomfortable and laugh. They laugh. That's my favorite. I love making people uncomfortable. Um, So uh, remind me to tell you a terrible and really morbid inappropriate joke that one of my dancers told me this afternoon that I laughed about for three straight minutes. I could not (laughs) get together. Like I could not pull myself together after she told me the joke. I was like, that's terrible <laughs> and she was like but you think it's funny and I was like I'm so ashamed but yes I do could not stop you always tell me to, to remind you that. things before we start drinking and then we never get to the thing because we both I'll text, you. I'll text you the joke well okay. we'll see we'll see if we remember I'll probably forget that too That's oh lord <laughs> um yeah you guys so uh we like to interview people about their shenanigans their lack of shenanigans sometimes yeah, we like shenanigans. We're into it. We love it, um, and we love to see how they got out of their shenanigans. And maybe you know, sometimes they turn their life around, and we get inspired yeah. too. Yeah, and then sometimes you find out that people are still dipping their toe in the shenanigan waters, and I enjoy that also. Love that. That yeah. means when I get older, I do you don't have it. to stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Uh, this week we are drinking the Scarlet O'Hara and I you know I was excited at first because SoCo was our thing sophomore year in college I thought it would be cute and then once I started pouring I was like I'm nervous (laughs) did did you smell it and it yeah and it triggered some stuff yeah Yeah, same 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 yeah but let's uh let's do the reveal did you actually get cranberries I did. I got, well, cranberries or cranberry juice? No, cranberries as a little. Cranberries? No, I mean, I wasn't going to do that, but as a little garnish, but I thought that you might because you'd be actually doing stuff. I'm lucky to be here right now. Okay. Let's talk about the, the things that I have messed up. This as we get into it, I'll, I'll tell you about it because I messed up. It's fine. You ready to reveal? Do we, wait, do we usually do the, what have you been up to first before the drink? I don't know what we do. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. This is our podcast. We do what we want. Okay. 
Woo! Wait, is it not supposed to have ice in it? I thought it was a martini. Is it a martini? I don't read good. I don't pay attention. <laughs> don't panic. I usually don't read good or pay attention. <laughs> There's no way of knowing, because neither of us is going to go back and check. There's no way of knowing how it was supposed to be. It's the right color, though. They're both it the is right the color. right color. It is the right color. So, cheers. And let's cheers. Try. Have you tasted yours? Uh-uh, this is my first okay. hmm. I also use cran apple juice. I use regular cranberry. Mm. This tastes like a drink a young man made me in college. <laughs> like I tasted that and I was like. <laughs> Mine is delightful. <laughs> I like this. I don't know how I feel right now. Mine is yummy. Mm. There's something funky about mine. I wish you were here so I could let you taste mine. I don't, it's not bad. Okay. A little like the aftertaste, but I think I do think it's because it's the cranberry doesn't have uh, sugar in it with the added mm. sugar. Mm-hmm. 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 But you know, you know what my husband's like. Love you, baby. Oh, this is something new. I just decided right now. So thumbs up on this drink from me. And <laughs> is it I'm thumbs down? Like a like a like a neutral thumb. I'm gonna give okay. it a neutral thumb. I don't okay. dislike it, but I don't love it either. Yeah. Okay. Neutral. Thumb. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so here it comes. Yeah. What have you been up to? Oh, dun, 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 dun. That's not the noise. Um, <laughs> I, I, oh, I don't know if I said this last time, but it is still true. I am still doing this. I'm uh, still getting my apartment together. Oh. It, uh, this is my first time, like, really decorating an apartment. Like, I did, my studio, I don't really count it. It was small. Yeah, so this is the first time I'm really like, oh, man, I got to, like, choose stuff so and I'm building things on my own which has been very yes stressful and once it's done I'm like oh my gosh so I'll have to show you it is I've used a drill for the first time I had to go to YouTube to figure out how to work it but um god I I drilled a hole in a place that it wasn't supposed to be a hole but my place is looking good so yeah, did that's, that. That's what counts. That's, what that's counts. all that counts. And then my friend had a uh, birthday party slash housewarming party because he just bought a place. So did that. It was real, real cute. He had COVID testing there. So he, and he set up, he had a little waiting area. It takes 30 minutes for the results to come in. So yeah. you get to know people before you go in. He had a- I love that though. Like, yes. Well, that's awesome. He had a, I don't know what you call it, a, comedian musician man do a set which was amazing he was hilarious I think that's all I've been doing and I keep ordering more clothes like I really be going places but when when the world is really open I'm gonna be ready you're ready like you're Mm -hmm. ready ready I love it while I was waiting for this to start I was on uh what was it oh of course it's not up anymore I was like looking at ball gowns, like I have somewhere to go or the, or the time to go anywhere. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, this is so cute. I, I could probably rock that. And a, a good high slit with like the right heels. Yes. Kind of like, but where are you going? Like with what time? With what time are you going to go somewhere with this on? What, this is why we're friends. I literally was doing the same thing this week. I have like four ball gowns in my cart. When, and then I took them out. I was like, where are you going? <laughs> Where are you going? But if Where we do you? have somewhere to go, we won't have a ball gown if we don't get it now. You don't know. Look, watch somebody <laughs> invite me to, to, the, to an award show or something. I don't know. 
who knows what my, my next man might be a movie star and I might need to that's true for you that's true for you that yeah is. I might need to be on a red carpet somewhere so what have you been up to um okay so uh, after an exhaustive process that was many many steps um I got hired to be a competition judge this season so yeah well yes I already knew this but congratulations again thank Um, you very excited towners send Shanae a congratulations email and email us your stories at boomtown stories that's not it. Gmail.com. It is. It is. Okay. <laughs> we haven't done this. I am all confused about everything. But yeah, so, um, you know, still have my job running the office at the dance studio, still teaching a bunch of classes. Yeah. Still teaching yoga, plus all the solos and duets. Mm added this last thing in so long story short you guys I messed up um I booked three people for today no you didn't yes I did yes I did because um I don't I I didn't save anybody's phone number so people are texting me and I'm not like I'm not paying attention and I'm not using anybody's name I'm just responding and anyway long story short um we are booked for weeks yay well uh, yeah I booked multi, multi guests. (laughs) Well, um, I think that that's good. It ended up working out for us. It it did. It did. Um, I just, you know, sometimes you like, girl. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should start using names and, you know. I just didn't, like, I didn't program them into my phone. Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't program the number. So I'm just talking to people. And I'm, like, I use their names in the initial conversation, but like, I'm not like, Hey, Deanna, da, da, da. Hey, Deanna. Da. Like, I'm not going to, you know, when you're having a natural conversation, you're not using a person's name over and over. People who do that really creep me out. Like, I don't, I don't like it. Okay. And we're like, so Shanae, like, how do you, I'm like, why do you keep saying my name? It's off-putting. Mm-hmm. And all of this is done via text. Cause that's the kind of human I am. So yeah, no, same. I would not be calling people. So, yeah. but I would probably um, like program their name, but then I probably wouldn't respond to any of their text messages. So we wouldn't have any guests. <laughs> I love the honesty. I love the honesty. I love how forthright you are about it. I think that's beautiful. I really do. I really do. I think that it's good that. Self-aware. Silverware? Self-aware, but same thing, you know, sounds exactly the same. It doesn't. <laughs> So, oh yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not telling people who we have anymore, right? Um, we aren't, but it doesn't matter because the person that I told you is not who we actually have today. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. It's what, it was one of the other people. Okay. Yeah. We have Gwen today. Nice. Hi Gwen, how are you? Hey, how are you? fantastic first and foremost thank you for agreeing to do this we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to talk to us you're welcome i'm glad to do it okay so when can you tell us a little bit about where you're from and kind of like your life growing up a little bit well um i am from kansas city kansas born and raised i had shared that i knew your mom from not only high school 
but we grew up in the church together. We went to the same church. Our families okay. were there. So I've been knowing Cindy probably since kindergarten. I can remember in the children's church or a vacation Bible school and all that. We go back a long ways. And it was interesting how um, her sister's um, kind of corresponding age with some of my siblings. So we did a lot of things together. So pretty much from that, you know, went to the University of Kansas. I'm a true Jayhawker. Um, after being in at KU, um, went back to Kansas City, got married, moved to St. Louis, had a child, got divorced, um, stayed in St. Louis. So now I'm um, kind of a Kansas City replant in St. Louis. Um, and I have a daughter that is 20 years old that's going to graduate college, thank goodness, a year early in the spring. And she's already informed me that she is not moving back to St. Louis. She's going on the East Coast or Atlanta or North Carolina, one of those places. So that's pretty much it. I right now am an administrator or executive director, what some people call, for a skilled nursing facility in the St. Louis area. So I make sure that the um, residents here are taken care of um, through, I would say, governmental standards and making sure those are all in place amid the pandemic, which is not the easiest thing. Mm. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. <laughs> okay, so is, what did you go to school for? Um, actually, I went to school for, believe it or not, I, I tell people I have a bachelor's degree in psychology with my uh, minor or social degree in occupational therapy. And I went to school, I was dead set on being a psychologist. And so I knew I was going to get a degree in psychology and I was going to get a master's degree and a PhD and I was going to just move on. And there was, uh, there wasn't a lot of African-American professors at KU when I was there, but one of them kind of pulled me aside and said, okay, let's have a real serious talk. You want to do what? And I said, I'm going to be a psychologist. And she said, yeah, a lot of African-American students come in saying that. And by the time they get their bachelor's degree, they're in debt. They don't go get their master's degree. They ain't no selling insurance. Nothing wrong with insurance, what? but you might want to have a backup plan. So she said, what else do you like doing? So I, you know, I, I told her all this stuff that I would like to do. And she said, that sounds like occupational therapy. And I had never heard that before. And so I said, I'm going to go down there and kind of figure out what they're doing. So I went to the School of Ally Health and met with someone in occupational therapy and they were like, yeah, you know, you can get a two-year degree in that. So I said, okay, well, I'll do that. And I'll still do my four-year degree. And I'll still be a psychologist. And after four years of, of being at KU and getting my bachelor's degree, I just loved occupational therapy. So I stepped out doing two-year degree. Um, and actually, people didn't realize this, but I actually made more money and had more um, opportunities with a two-year degree in occupational therapy and I did in my four-year degree in uh, psychology. Wow. And then from that, just doing a lot of different things in the clinics and um, I just happened to be in the right place at the right time and someone said, you know what, you're a natural born leader. You might want to think about, you know, doing something else other than being in the clinic and I thought about that for a while and then end up getting the opportunity to be an assistant administrator without having a license um, found out that that's really what I, my calling, um, went and worked many years as an assistant administrator, got my license, and I just branched out and said, okay, I'm going to be the head. And so that's kind of where I am and what I've been doing. 
I love that. I like yeah. to tell people I'm a natural born follower. But, <laughs> but then somebody who told me like they heard my story or whatever, they're like, it sounds like you like to lead from behind though. And I was like, well, actually that that is true. That is true. Yeah. Secretly bossy is a yeah. great way to describe Diani. Yeah. <laughs> so what was it like growing up for you? Um, it was really interesting. I come from a very large family. There are eight of us. Actually, I just had my oldest brother pass away. Oh, and so God. that's been something new for us to lose someone. Mm. Uh, but I grew up in a very large family. I'm number six of eight. Um, really, how can I say, it was a wonderful time. Like I said, I didn't know I was poor. I always had food, shelter, clothing. Just had a really good time. Um, but one of the things, and this is a childhood memory, I remember um, telling this story a couple of weeks ago, that I got kicked out of uh, preschool. And what? that's kind of how I kind of learned how to uh, <laughs> learn about psychology. Gang, gang. Yeah, I, love I got it. kicked out of preschool. Wait, how, why um, did you get kicked out? <laughs> well, this is back in the day, you just didn't go to preschool when I was about two or three. Your mom stayed home. And so my mother decided she wanted to work to help out with the household. And so my parents decided that I was gonna go to preschool. That was gonna be the big thing. So I was three years old, I remember this so well. I was three, four years old and I went to preschool and I hated it. Now, my grandmother had told them, don't send her to preschool, let me keep her. Everybody else is keeping their grandkids. And they said, nope, she's going to preschool. So I went to preschool and I found out I didn't like to take naps. So when the teachers had all the kids get on the cot and take a nap, I would wait till the teachers left the room and I would make all the kids wake up and listen to me and I would get up at the chalkboard <laughs> and I was reading books and doing stuff at the chalkboard. And um, they caught me and they said, you know, Gwen, you can't do that. You gotta take a nap. But the little kids kept telling on me. So finally the teachers had a, a meeting with my uh, parents and said I just couldn't go there anymore. So they were quite embarrassed that their, you know, four-year-old daughter got kicked out of preschool. But my grandmother was really excited because I got this kicking with her. Mm -hmm. And we would, she never drove, she would get on the bus and she'd take me with her. And she was kind of a, I don't want to say an evangelist, she was like win places and pray for people and did stuff. But I really enjoyed it because I had like the best lunches. Um, they would drop me off before they went to work. So I had a full breakfast every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, but for lunch, when kids were eating fish sticks and, I don't know, sloppy joes, I'd have fried chicken, mashed potatoes, she'd have greens. Okay. And so I was really spoiled. Um, so I really appreciated getting kicked out of preschool, to be quite honest. So. You know what? You were showing early leadership skills. Yes. Yeah. Early That's leadership. True. You, were yeah. Calling, you were calling meetings. You yeah. were calling meetings. I, I feel like it. your parents should have been proud. Yeah, I would have been. And, you know, I did something else, though. When I got in kindergarten, you think I would learn from that, but no. I got in kindergarten, and there were way too many twins in my kindergarten class. And I was really jealous. I got all the attention. Um, I remember a few of them, but I just didn't like that. So I wanted a twin. I remember going home telling my parents I want a twin. And they explained to me that I had plenty of brothers and sisters, but it was really late for me to have a twin. So I decided that I was going to have a twin anyway. And I'll never forget the teacher. She was a brand new teacher just out of college, her first assignment. And so I decided that I was going to have a twin, and her name was Gloria. And so I will talk about Gloria. 
and I would color and I, I, I never forget, I, we were doing the, the constellations and I was doing suns and moons and stars and I, I did some for Gloria. And the teacher said, well, Gwen, um, you're only supposed to do one sheet. Why do you have two? And I said, I have the sheet for Gloria. I'm not going to forget Gloria. And she asked me who Gloria was. And I told her it was my sister that had died. Oh. My twin sister. I had some disease. Oh. I don't know what I said. But she oh. believed me. Oh. So I became the teacher's pet. I'm oh. not really a liar, but I have stories. Oh. So I was the teacher's pet. And it was so funny because I would always get something special. If I didn't like the food, which I wouldn't eat, um, she'd buy me McDonald's. I got the duty racers and eraser board. And that went on for six to nine weeks. And it came down to when the parents came to talk to the teachers. No. And so the teacher, you know, we were out playing. They, they had my parents in there. And they, they said, you know, Mr. and Mrs. K, Gwen is such an excellent student. And she's done so well, the fact that she's dealt with her sister's death. And they looked and said, you got the right child? Like, she said, yeah, Gwen, you know, she's done so well since Gloria's death. She won't talk a lot about it. And I don't want to get into it with her. And I can just remember them calling my whole name. And when your mother yells yep. your whole name. That's when it's serious. I, I came on in there. And um, let's just say I got in trouble. Um, they suggested actually that they, um, a psychiatrist um, talked to me for say. a little bit. Yeah, so I had to do a couple of sessions and they realized that basically I just, I was really jealous of those twins. And I just felt that, you know, I need attention. So they gave me little projects to do, believe it or not, in the kindergarten. But um, I think I turned out all right. Maybe that's why I like psychology, but yeah, my, my family likes to tease me about that. So, Oh my God, you sound like a little genius. Like the that, name. This is one of the best stories I've ever heard yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> All jokes aside. That was amazing. Gwen and Gloria. Oh, you yeah, like a Gloria. <laughs> Some people have imaginary friends. You have an imaginary dead twin, twin. sister. Yeah. That's with, right. a whole, with a whole backstory. I'm like backstory. Back <laughs> you should have been the next Shonda. That's what that is. And, and you were doing double homework. Like, yes. <laughs> Okay. okay. I was special. Ooh, wow. Extra smart. That's what you were. Oh my god! I thoroughly enjoyed that story. My abs hurt. Yes. My abs and my cheeks hurt. Yes, for sure. Okay. That story. Unprepared. Right. That was amazing. Okay. So it sounds like it's. I don't know how the rest of elementary school went. It sounds like kindergarten was a whirlwind. Yeah, I love him. <laughs> so talk to us about high school. Which high school did you go to? In well, I ended up going to uh, my junior high school was Northeast Junior High School. And we were right in the midst of segregation. So I ended up, I went there seventh grade year, which was like, it was just really an awesome experience going to like an all black high school that was steeped in tradition. And then we got, oh, I got a story for that too. Then we ended up getting bused to Eisenhower. Which like I live right off of Quindaro, which is like 10th Street. If you know anything about Kansas City, Kansas, and Eisenhower was off of like 78th Street or 80th, so it was pretty far. And so I can remember just dealing with some things there, the culture shock of being with mainly I mean Caucasian people. Which not to say I hadn't been around them, but that school was really theirs. It was very few 
um, African-Americans there. And the African-Americans that lived out there kind of had an air about them. So we were the poor kids from the other side of town. And so we had to band together, those of us who came from the north side. So when Sumner Academy opened up and it was by invitation only, and I believe we did test, but uh, that was something that was in the community right across the street from my church. Mm -hmm. um, I was excited. So I ended up going there and pretty much was a nerd in, in high school. Um, I did the drill team for like two years, but I did stuff like I was in the debate team, <laughs> um, the chorus, but pretty much just like a nerd, just real smart. Um, I remember the story of I got my first job at McDonald's. I was so excited, you know, could do my own money, buy my own clothes. And so it was, again, my parents were really into parent-teacher conferences. So I believe I was a sophomore then. And I, I did the conference, and I'll never forget my biology teacher said, well, you know what, we ain't got a B. She's an A student, but she got a B. And my parents went ballistic. He would have thought I got a D or I failed. Mm -hmm. And I had to quit McDonald's, and that hurt my heart. But they were like, you can't get a, I'm like a B, I got a high B. It was like 88, 89, come on. They were like, it wasn't an A. Mm. And you had got an A before and you're an A student. And so I, I ended up having to stop working. Um, and, and yeah, I was National Honor Society and got those grades up and never looked back. But I just remember the experience that how dare my parents make me quit working because I got a B. And like I said, heck, when I was in college, I was glad to get a C from that class. But anyway. Just, you know, just kind of, I'd say kind of a nerdy kid, you know, wasn't popular, but wasn't unpopular. I knew everybody. They knew me. I just kind of did nerdy stuff. So, but like, isn't it. Sumner all nerds? Well, yeah, they were just different, different levels. They were like cool, all nerds. And this is the funniest story. So, and this is kind of like now, but I went to a class reunion. And so because our school is so small, we combined them so it was a class of 79, 80, 81, 82, and 83. So they were giving out different awards, who looked the same, you know, who had how many grandkids. So the last award was who was the coolest. And so we had some really cool, nerdy people. But this one young man named David Walker, never forget David, he was cool. The Jamal David Walker. This. Okay. So David Walker, as they said, who is the coolest? He just got up, put his, you know, suit jacket on. He had a hat. He put his hat on and he walked right past everybody, waved at them, kind of, you know, did a high five to people and got up to the, the podium and put his hand out and asked for his gift card and turned around and said that. And that's before we were even saying naming our names. And so I was like, that sounds like David. Wow. He was probably one of the coolest people I know to be so smart because he was extremely smart. Um, the funny thing is, I remember David leaving. So I don't think he graduated. We had two people that actually came to the class reunion because Sumner was like a cool school. Um, I think they both got put out our senior year, <laughs> but they came to the, they came to the, um, reunion and fully participated as if they had walked with us, but they didn't. There was a lot of rules and stuff. Mm. So that was interesting. <laughs> so. I don't care what anybody says. Nerdy people get down. Yeah, we, we do. We do. 
had pretty strict parents. They weren't like crazy strict, but when they said something, they meant it. Um, and they had a lot of trust in me. And I, I remember two incidents. One, we used to have house parties. And it would be in people's basement. They might call it a blue light party. But everyone would know where the party is. And I couldn't go to those parties. And so I decided I was going to go to the party. So I, I lied to my parents and said I was going to my friend's house. My best friend, they knew their parents. Everything was cool. But we went ahead and stuck out and went to the house party. And someone told my father they saw me there. And so, you know, he came to the house party. And so I can hear him upstairs saying, I'm going down there because my daughter, Gwen, cannot be downstairs. I know she's not. Ooh. So let's just say me and my friend, we got out of the window. And we had them hoist us up. And I got out of somebody's basement window and went on to my girlfriend's house. So that was a story. So I, your, I daddy, your daddy came to the party for you. Oh, yeah. And you climbed out the window like you was never there. I, you know what? I climbed out the window, and I, I, I got, I escaped that one pretty good. So, uh, yeah, a little dirty, dressed herself off, but I didn't get caught at the party. So, uh, and I was real skinny then. I was like a size two, size four. You know, I think I might be a zero. I was thin. So yeah, I just went on out the window. Then I got really cute. And this is a story that, oh my goodness, I can never live this down. So I had gotten my driver's license. I knew how to drive. Uh, they would only let me like drive to get my grandmother's stuff. I would take my grandmother shopping. And so my parents was like, oh, Gwen, we're proud of you. Your grades are great. You can drive the car. You can go to the football game. Now we had a horrible football. We did. Um, and it wasn't even our team. I think it was like the Wyandotte Slagle. So I, it was just like the other big high schools. And so, uh, in fact, in one football was basketball. I'm sorry. I can go to a basketball game. So, you know, we used to dress up. So we had a whole little mm -hmm. thing where the whole week we were trying to figure out what our outfit was going to be. I had two girlfriends I could have in the car with me. My parents had just bought this new car. It was a, a, a old cutlass, um, and it had a sunroof. And so that was a big thing. And so me and my two girlfriends, we were on our way to the game, um, went to the game, but we also stopped and got a whole bunch of people. So if you can think of an old cutlass with so many people in, I don't know how many I counted, but they were all standing up in the sunroof and we would go to different stoplights and they would get up and they were, you know, dancing and stuff. And someone said again, we saw your daughter at a stoplight in a new car and she had all these people hanging out. They really said all these niggas hanging out. But anyway, so my father said, no, that can't be my daughter. And they said, yeah, that was Gwen. So my father, because he, he was the kind of person, he'd come get you. So he went and got one of my brothers. And at, after the game, everyone would go to Godfather's Pizza way out on like 80-something state. That was the place to go. So I'm all up in Godfather's Pizza, me and my three, my two girlfriends. And who walks in but my father? Mm. And I'm embarrassed on the one. He was like, now, Gwen, I, 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 I was told, this is before they had cell phones. So someone had to call my people at their house and tell my parents mm. this. So he said, I, I heard that you were on... Um, 13th and Quindaro, and you had so many people in the car they couldn't even count, but that was you. And so I, I was called, I, I'm not gonna lie, I just said it wasn't a lot. I, I said it was me and my two girlfriends and a couple other people. And so he said, well, I don't know what a couple is, but you're not gonna drive my car again. <laughs> he said um, a couple of things. The only thing I'm not gonna drive my car uh, 
you got to come home with me. And so your two little friends won't rise home. I'll call their parents or something, but you about to get up out of here. And so that was embarrassing. So me and my two girlfriends had to go with, uh, we decided we'd ride with my brother. So we rode with him and they took him home. And so I ended up going home very embarrassed and I did not drive that car again. I don't even remember it. It, it might have been a year or something. I mean, when he was mad, he was mad. He was going to stop me from going to the homecoming. And my mother said, okay, you're taking a little too far. She's got a dress, she's got a date, they got this set up. Just take the car away from her, but let her go to the homecoming. So yeah. I was able to go to the homecoming, but yeah, I didn't I didn't drive that car again for probably about a year. So wow. uh, my parents, they didn't play that. <laughs> so <laughs> but I really wasn't a bad child, but I just did some mischievous things along the way. Put it that way. You tried, when You tried. I appreciate I tried. someone who tries. I like it. Mm-hmm. I pray my kids don't try, but I like it for other people. They, <laughs> they, will. they will. I'm sure they will. I, I right. know their parents. I know their parents. <laughs> the children aren't even happy yet. Right. Okay. I mean, that sounds like, I, I think it sounds like trying to just be a good time, Gwen. And I like that. Can you tell <laughs> us, uh, what was college like? Like, what happened when you went away? You know, it was interesting. So when I went away to school for college, um, I went to KU and that was about maybe an hour away. It wasn't that far away. I had won a lot of scholarships. So even though I had got little bitty scholarships from other places, I really wanted to go to Spelman, but they Mm -hmm. weren't giving that much money. They gave like a little baby scholarship, but it wasn't enough to really do anything. But KU, I got some really good scholarships. So I went there. And at one point I I came home every week I came home, I washed my clothes, I come back, and finally my parents said, you gotta stop coming. You gotta stay there and meet some people and do some stuff. <laughs> it just seems kind of odd that you keep coming home. And so they pretty much said, you cannot come home, which really upset me. And so but I kept coming home, and one weekend I came home and my mother had turned my room into her sewing craft room. Ooh. And so I had to sleep in the little recreation room, and I'm like, this woman don't <laughs> turn my room. Where's my room? And she said, Gwen, you don't have a room anymore. I mean, you can sleep on the couch, but you um, you can't keep coming home every weekend. And so I ended up staying up there. Um, I was going to pledge Delta, but the day they were going to go over, my father had a massive stroke. And then I went home and he died a couple of days later, but I didn't end up doing Delta. So pretty much college for occupational therapy was on a different side of the campus. I didn't see a lot of African-Americans. I kind of just kind of did that. I had a lot of internships. So I would go to Kansas City to a major hospital. And then I did an internship in Detroit, Michigan, uh, which was really fun. Oh, goodness. I enjoyed that. That was a culture shock, to say the least. And I should tell you about that. That was a culture shock being that from Kansas. So, of course, it was going to last from Kansas. I had a little red Volkswagen, rabbit. I drove up there. Very interesting. I didn't have cash on me. And at the time, my brother-in-law, me and him drove up to make sure that he was going to fly back. And I didn't have any cash. I only had the traveler's checks, American Express. And no one would take them. They thought they were fake. And so I was really like, we had like no money. Once my brother-in-law left, I'm like, I have zero money. And there was a doctor at that hospital from Kansas. 
And he was nice enough to just give me some money until I can convert my traveler's checks to cash. Um, would not take my money back, um, sent me a little balloon bouquet for my job, you know, which was really nice. I'm in a little cubicle. And he was like, welcome, fellow Kansan. And it was a white man, too. So I thought that was really, really nice. Um, but they really, we were in a very bad part of town because it was Henry Ford High School in the heart of Detroit. So at certain times they would lock up the place so I couldn't like get in my car and go. And one time I did that, I didn't know any better. And I, they had a new security guard, he didn't know any better. So he led me and my roommate from New York. She's kind of tough, white woman. We decided we're gonna go to McDonald's. And it really wasn't that late, it might've been 10 o'clock. But the issue was we shouldn't be out there, this woman from Kansas in a ran Volkswagen that had Kansas tags and a white woman in the midst of Detroit. Uh, we made out safely, we got our McDonald's, but the security guard was just hysterical. We got back and said, don't ever do that again. I had some of the most interesting clients in my internship. I actually had, that was right around the time that AIDS kind of first started. And so you would go in like with a hazmat suit when you had an AIDS person. Uh, but I worked with two people very interesting. One was a gang member. And so I had to have police escort to the clinic uh, because he had people that were trying to actually kill him and they had beat him to a pulp basically. Wow. He had to learn how to walk again, eat again, talk again. I mean, it was not good. Um, yeah, that was that was a little bit scary. And so uh, that, I learned a lot from that. Then I had a lady who had wounds, very bad wounds. And she had been in a house that was infested with um, roaches. And when they, she was a very large woman too. I think she was about maybe 500 pounds. She was very big. They put her in a whirlpool. And when they put submerged her in this whirlpool, she actually had um, lives like roaches and the roach eggs that was under her breast and like in her belly button. And so I thought I was going to fall over with that. That was something that was definitely I had never seen. Um, well, so, we don't have to edit that out. That's too much. That's no, that too much. No, okay. I don't. It's not too much. It's something I never it's heard. Too much, it's too much for me. Yeah, that. For, for, I didn't for, even know that that was possible. The people need to know. Do they? Because yeah, I'm itching. Yeah, they need to know. I know. Oh, trust me, I itched too. I had never seen that before. I thought I was gonna pass out. So I learned a lot. I really like Detroit. If I wasn't gonna come back, I probably would have lived in Michigan. They had a lot of other areas. I got to go to a free concert. It was something going on. I think it was University of Michigan, but we drove. We would drive all over my little red, my little red Volkswagen. But in Detroit at that time, it was one of the cleanest cities. And I didn't understand why as much crime as they had, it was so clean. And what, what they told me was, you just never saw any kind of bottles or cans on the road or in the streets or, you know, on the grass. And the reason was they had a 10 cent return. So if you had an aluminum or a bottle, if you return it for recycling, you got 10 cents. So I kind of thought, wow, I'll never forget it was a Stevie Wonder concert. And I don't know if you ladies know Evelyn Champagne King, but she was big in the day that I was um, young. And so she was headlining the show. And we were at this big uh, amphitheater. I don't know where we were, but I kind of thought, well, heck, I'm going to pick up me some bottles and cans. So I just did that. Um, why I had trash bags in my car, no more. I won't tell this tale, but I had some. So what I did know, it's illegal to get them at those type of places. 
So mm-hmm. as we were leaving, me and my roommate, um, we, we got our car stopped and they were wanting to know why the heck we had all these um, bags of uh, recyclables. So they took them away from us. And because I had cancer tags, they didn't like um, find us or send us to jail. But I learned my lesson. But I would have gotten a lot of money because we had those um, trans bags packed with 10 cents. I bet they took, the, they took it and they cashed it. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it was a, it was like the patrol people, but I'm thinking, you know what? We were so scared. We're going to get out of there. But I do have a story. I totally forgot about that for high school. Um, now I have to go back. Because um, someone had asked me one time, have I ever met anyone famous? And my mother had a really good friend that worked for the Kansas City Star. And she was like the entertainment reporter. And so for graduation, she said, Gwen, why don't you be a roving reporter with me? And I have these people I got to take out and I have to ask questions. And you being young, you can ask these questions. And so I got to go backstage for the Gap Band and World of Fun. And I met Charlie Wilson. And I mean, they were smoking so much weed. She was like, I got to, I got to throw some perfume on you or something. And it was so bad. She had to give me one of their t-shirts because I couldn't wear mine home because it was so much with me because they were getting high behind the stage. And then the other thing I got to do is I got to go out to um, dinner with her and the Icy Brothers, a couple of Icy Brothers. They took the, the star, took them out to dinner and we, we ate at Crown Center. And I, it was my first time eating French fried worms. And uh, they were really good. If you, they can't taste like chicken a little bit, but anyway. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> I'm a very adventurous eater. So I'm um, an adventurous eater. I don't eat worms. They are good. Nobody. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Little crunchy. Little, little deep fried. Yeah, that was good. When? Um, no, thank you. <laughs> the Osley Brothers, huh? Yes, that was fun. So uh, that was my graduation gift. But back in um, my internship in Detroit, I came back and worked in Kansas City for a while. I worked at a psych hospital for seven years. Um, oh, I always have these stories about jobs, which is so interesting. My very first job out of college, I mean, the ink was still wet on my um, degree. Um, I worked for this company. It was a, a kind of a mom-pop company. And they owned about four different, um, they had bought these big houses that converted to like group homes. And I was supposed to go and do therapy. In them. But I think it ended up being the front for some kind of drug cartel or something. It was just really what? weird. What? Um, it was just really weird because I would have to drive myself these places. Um, but I had to one day go in the van and they were taking me around to different places. I do therapy, whatever. But I thought I saw what I thought was a drug transaction. And so I kind of went home and I called some people and said, you know, this is what I saw. And they were like, yeah, Gwen, I don't know, something kind of funny with that. And so I decided I need to leave that company. But I could not, like, leave. I kept, I kept saying, well, you know, I'm gonna, I put in my resignation. And I said, so I'm going to give you two weeks. And they, they didn't even put in your ad in the paper. So two weeks came and. I had already got another job then, so I was working two full-time jobs, but I was single, no children, you know, just stacking mm-hmm. the money. Went out and bought me a brand new car, I'll tell you about that. Amen. But then um, they just wouldn't find anybody, so I stayed for another two weeks. And this went on for like six weeks, and about the eighth week, I just said, I can't do this anymore. And so I just left. And it ended up working at this psych hospital for seven years, but that was fun. 
Um, I loved a lot before I moved to St. Louis. But I, um, my little, my little Volkswagen family gave out, and my brother-in-law, my brother looked and said, "You need to buy you a new car." And they were really tired of finding me. They used to call me, find me on the road, you know, days for this car. And so my brothers all got together and they all gave me $500 each to put down on a, a down payment. Hashtag um, blessings. Wait, how, yeah, many, that, how many brothers do you have? Uh, four. Um, and I really think that not all of them did. I just think they said they did. I'm sure two of them probably gave the other ones 250 or something and said, said that you did. Oh, I probably should have said they didn't give anybody else money. So let's just say they didn't give me any money because my other sisters didn't get anything. So oh. anyway. <laughs> They gave me money. Somehow money came up. So they matched me. Um, and I got, got me a new car. So that was fun. And when I went to get my new car, I'll never forget it. My brother-in-law said, your clutch just went out. And so he said, so you can buy a car today. <laughs> so figure it out. And you driving off of the car today. And so they were wanting to move my car in the back. Because I had been to the place before looking at cars. And he said, no, you know, we're good. We're going to stay here. We're going to do the paperwork. And um, I ended up getting my car that day, driving off, and they called me later and said, did you know your clutch went out? I was like, no, did it? But we couldn't even move the car to where they asked us to move it to, so that was kind of fun. But other than that, I ended up, I'll never forget when I bought my Volkswagen, I didn't know how to drive a clutch. And um, we have a big park in Kansas City called Swope Park, and it's, it's got these, it's kind of odd, but it's like a circle. You go round and round and round. Well, they kind of threw me in there and said, figure it out. My brother and my brother-in-law. So I had to make sure I got out of the way because people weren't playing this whole part because you kind of drove around to be safe. So everyone would see your clean car. You drive around, but you have to get in and get out. And I kept going around and around. And they finally said, well, you got to get out. You got to get out of the circle. And so that's kind of how I learned how to do the clutch because people was honking at me and cussing at me. And so I got scared and kind of learned how to drive a clutch from there. So that, that was kind of interesting. <laughs> there was no instruction. They didn't tell you like what you were supposed to be doing. Yeah, they gave me some instructions, but I was just a little slow with it. So they okay. were just like, you go figure it out. Uh, but I, I think I figured out a little faster after that when they realized they want to go pull over, you know, and, and, and drive me out of there. I had to just keep going. So, but Love yeah, that, that real close to my brothers. So. <laughs> I feel like Diani and I, like either one of us, if somebody threw us in and be like, figure it out, I would have just pulled over and cried until somebody came to fix it. I'm like, I know. They wouldn't let me pull over. <laughs> It's been too embarrassing, too. So I got it. But I haven't driven a sticker so long that I wouldn't know how to do it, I think. <laughs> I've never driven a stick. I, I won't. At all. Yeah. At I all. Will not. Will not. Refuse. No, thank you. It looks too, no, it's too stressful. Mm -mm. I can barely yeah. drive a regular car. <laughs> Y'all remember when I backed into my garage? Oh, yeah. How about we don't? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. How about we don't? Yeah. <laughs> we should just stick to... Oh, goodness. I keep thinking that I have one more childhood story. It's kind of bad. I don't know if I, who, who, who was looking at this anyway? <laughs> Nobody, Gwen, tell us what happened. Tell okay. us. So I keep telling people, I, you know, I come from a big family. And sometimes my parents didn't make the best decisions, but they would leave us home alone with my brother. And my brothers were kind of mischievous. Um, they weren't like, they didn't break the law, but they would just do stuff. And so one day they asked me, my one brother asked me if I can, um, he, if I had thick nail polish, which I didn't. 
I said, but I know where mom's figure nail polish is. And she had this little bandy set. She had her little nail polish. And so I said, well, I'm going to go get it. And we were not supposed to go in our parents' room, but you know me, I'm going to go get the nail polish. And so I said, so what am I going to get for getting this nail polish? Because I'm pretty much just taking my mom's nail polish. So they said, well, we, we got this little thing going on. And I know this sounds really crazy, but not too far away from the house, there are these grain elevators. And if you've ever been by a grain elevator, you know anything about that. The, there, there are a lot of rats by the grain elevator because they like to eat the grain that spills over and get really big. Well, my brothers decided that they were going to gamble. And what they were going to do is they were going to do um, this little, it's kind of odd, but I'll have to explain because <laughs> it's really crazy. What they were going to do is they got all these trash cans and containers that filled them with water. And then they got big rats and small rats, and they used the nail polish to put numbers on it. And then they took money from all the kids in the neighborhood to bet on which one would survive and stay floating the longest. So as you know, the big ones are going to go straight down in the water. They're too big. They can't keep paddling. So they were, uh, we had people, you know, pick the, do the small ones to get the money. They were like little gangsters anyway. So we would do this a lot. Whenever my parents leave to go somewhere, we would do this. So I was like the head person to get the nail polish and I would get the money and stuff. So anyway, I had way too much money in my piggy bank. And one day my mom, she's cleaning the room up and somehow my piggy bank failed. It was way too much money. And she trying to figure out why I got like, you know, $100 and I'm, you know, eight years old kind of thing. And so I wasn't trying to tell on them. I wasn't trying to tell on them. But uh, we ended up getting in trouble for that. But yeah, so I was. Um... <laughs> you were a little gangster. You're the nerdiest gangster. <laughs> I know. No, but wait. She had $100 in like 1972. That's the equivalent. Today, as, a, as an eight-year-old, you know I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up. My inner nerd wants to know. You as know, a, that's my uh, brother's though. How did you end up being in charge of the money when it was their idea? Well, I like that money, so once <laughs> I started with all the money, exactly. I was gonna hold it for. Them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do have one more. This is so bad. So don't think I'm really mentally ill, but mm -hmm. my parents they had this aversion to popsicle trucks. They would not let us buy popsicles when the popsicle truck man came. Mm -hmm. And so that was really hard for me because all the kids would run out and stop the popsicle man. But it was so many of us, when the popsicle man came, my mother and father, they would run down the basement into the freezer and come up with some popsicles. They bought this industrial box of popsicles. We just wanted to have the popsicles from popsicle man. So I decided one day I just couldn't take it. I was embarrassed. All the kids were getting popsicles. So I just I just walked down to the corner and sat on the corner and I cried. And the popsicle man saw this. But he kept on going. So the next time, you know, he saw me and I would just, when the popsicle man came, I would go down to the edge of the corner and I'd just sit down and mope. So after about two or three times of seeing this, he pulled over and said, hey, little girl, what's going on? And I said, you know, my parents, we're poor and we can't get ice cream and, you know, we're too embarrassed. So he said, well, I tell you what, whenever you see the truck and see me, we're going to meet here and I'm going to give you some ice cream. How many brothers and sisters do you have? So, of course, I had eight with me. So he would give me the, the best of the, you know, strawberry shortcakes, the bomb pops. So we'd be just, 
we be flossing. So anyway, so this happened. But what I didn't know is the popsicle man, his kids went to the same grade school that I went to. So he goes to the PTA meeting and gets up and says, there's a very poor family in Parkwood that this little girl is on the corner and she's, she's begging for ice cream. We have to do something with this family. So, of course, my father, who was like vice president of the PTA meeting or whatever, he gets up and says, it can't be. I live in Parkwood. Who is this? So my father said, I, I got this. I'm going to, um, we're going to coordinate this. You're going to come, you know, with your truck and we're going to... We're gonna scope this little town out. We're gonna we're gonna help this family. No. So I didn't know all this. So they scoped it out, and here I am. And my brothers and sisters knew it. They done shoot me down the street to get the popsicles. So I'm sitting on the corner, and to my amazement, here my father come around the bend and sees me. So let's just let's just say um, things were not the same. Things were not the same. But um, yeah, so. Oh, my fans were so upset with me. But then, of course, we couldn't get any more free popsicles. So, and I tell you. <laughs> Yo, well, look, while we're talking about the level of name again, that $100 is worth almost four today. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was the fun of being a large family. But yeah, so um, it's so funny because I don't even eat popsicles now. I don't know if it would be covered that or not, but that's not one of my dessert things I do. And I still, I don't let my daughter get them either, which I should learn from that. But yeah, she's not really a popsicle person either. So uh. <laughs> I'm like impressed by the shenanigans, but also like the trouble, like the magnitude of what, <laughs> what you were doing. <laughs> How big it ends up getting. When you should have been a crowd boss. All the qualifications. You rounding up the kindergartners, making the money. She got a manipulating adults. I feel good about it. All the manipulation. When it's not too late, if you want to dive into a successful life of crime, I feel like you can still do it. Okay, so Gwen, you mentioned a daughter. How many kids do you have? I have one daughter. It's so interesting. That's a whole interesting story too. So I had a. I had always said I was going to have two children. Um, so I had a miscarriage, and so then I ended up getting pregnant um, maybe a year later, um, and my daughter ended up coming very early. She was premature. I was six months pregnant, um, just chilling. I'll never forget the day. It was 100 degrees outside. I'm at a fish fry. Why am I outside the fish fry at 100 degrees? I don't know. And at that time, I was like right at five and a half, six, yeah, six months pregnant, and I just didn't feel good. And so they kept saying, well, you don't look good. So I said, well, you know what? I think I'm just going to go home. And I really wasn't showing. I wasn't that big. Uh, so I decided I'd go home. And so I was kind of mad because I ended up missing my nail appointment. My hair's all over my head, but whatever. So I go home and um, I knew something wasn't quite right. I had a blood pressure kit at home and it ended up saying like invalid. So I'm thinking, okay, something not right. So I drive myself to the hospital and I get in there and they triage me and all of a sudden I'm hearing, you know, doctor something come to something and it was for me. And my blood pressure was like 220 over 100 something. So it was really at stroke level. Um, and so they were all triaging around me, which scared me. And they were like, well, ma'am, um, is your husband here? Your family here? I'm like, I drove myself. They said, ma'am, you couldn't have drove yourself. 
not with this high blood pressure. Just couldn't have done that. I said, yeah, my little car is out there. And they asked what kind of car I had. And I told them, they said, yeah, it's a car out there. So they were kind of, they started, I'll never forget. I could hear them paging my husband. I kept saying, he is not here. I drove myself. And then they called them and said, you need to get to the hospital right away. And they said, you're actually going into labor now. And I'm like, oh my God, we got to stop your labor. The baby, you know, you're six months pregnant and this mm -hmm. is not good. Um, and so I ended up going to three hospitals in one day because mm -hmm. the hospital I went to, they didn't have maternity ward. And that was the closest one to my house. Then I, they ended up taking me to, this is a crazy, at the time my husband was really crazy. So they were taking too long for the ambulance to take him to the next hospital. So he drove me there in his truck, which was stupid. But we get there and they told me I was too high risk. They sent me to another hospital. But by that time, an ambulance had to take me. And they said, well, we're going to do our best to, to keep this baby in. Um, you'll probably be on hospital bed rest. If you can, if it can get you stable, you can go home. They never could get me stable. I was there probably for about five days and she just decided that she wasn't going to act right. She was flipping around and, and then it was kind of odd because I could see it. She had the umbilical cord wrapped between her legs. So she was trying to kick it off. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things that caused them. Um, I'll never forget one time they had, I ended up my um, organs to have failed and I'm in healthcare. So I kind of know these things. And yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking at all the machines and I'm thinking, that's kind of saying that my heart not beating right and not breathing, you know, and I started kind of panicking. Mm -hmm. And I heard them say like a cold or something. Everybody started running to me and they said, ma'am, you're having this baby today. And I'm like, nah, because you know, I'm I'm six, you know, they're like, ma'am, she's coming. And um, true enough, I had her at eight o'clock that night. Um, and I'll never forget, she was one pound, uh, she was 1.9 pounds and two ounces. Mm. She was so small. And they told me, they said, um, it took me a while to come out of the sedation. Mm. And they were keeping her there. So I can hear them. I'll never forget this. I'll never forget this. They had asked my husband, it may be a chance that both of them will, will not survive. So if it comes to a, who do you want to survive? You know, what do you want to do? Mm -hmm. I can remember him saying, of course, my wife. And I was sedated, but I could hear that. And that kind of freaked me out. So when I woke up, I'm thinking, oh my God, is my baby dead or what's going on? And she was still there. And they told me that she was very critical, but they were, they were not thinking she was going to survive through the night. And they wanted me to be able to see her or that would have psychological things, you know, if, if I did. So they let me see her for a couple of minutes. Then she ended up getting airlifted to the hospital. Um, they told me if I smoked, she wouldn't have made it. She had very healthy lungs for, for being a preemie. And she was in the hospital for three months until she weighed five pounds. Mm -hmm. And they let her go um, then. And it was so interesting because she is, um, she had she had speech therapy for a whole year, but she's a championship debater. <laughs> Um, she's made it to finals in high school twice, where she had um, all expense paid to D.C. Um, one year, she placed seventh in the nation of all debaters. She was invited to the Ronald Reagan, um, it's a debate um, championship in California, all expense paid. Um, she was in the top, I think it's the top 16. And she's been all over. I was a little concerned because this year with covid they were kind of hybrid and they were like Zoom. 
And she had made it to the finals of nationals in college debate and she forfeited, she just scratched. And so I had called her earlier and said, you know, good luck and I'll talk to you later. And then she never called me and I texted her and she said, oh, I decided not to do it. And I was like, oh my goodness. And then that, that uh, made me think I'm going to go see my baby. Because for her to be able just to say, I'm not going to debate in the college finals. I and mean, she was depressed. And so I ended up going down there. This is a whole nother story. I ended up going down there. She's at Southeast Missouri State. So Good Friday, I went down there and um, she really just needed to see me and, and have me cook. So I cooked um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And Friday, she wanted a seafood boil. And there were about, it started off being four of her friends, ended up being 10. And mm -hmm. we did a seafood boil in her dorm. They had a little kitchen. And the story goes, we were doing really good. I had got crab and shrimp and crawfish, you know, the whole thing, the corn. But I have this butter garlic sauce I make that I pour into the bags and I give the people their bags. Okay. Well, we had a little accident in the kitchen and it spilled over on the stove little electric rings and it, it caught on fire. Oh. And so I couldn't find anything to douse it with as far as like flour or whatever. Only thing I had was garlic powder. And when I sprinkled that on there, it actually blazed more. Yeah, yeah. So we, we had to use the fire extinguisher, which made the alarm go off. Nancy evacuate her dorm, which I think is 10 floors. So oh. all these college students that were there for the holiday still, fire trucks came. I mean, it was a big deal. The police were there. Oh. Um, so, yeah, so I told her, uh, they know her as the the mother who burnt, you know, burned down the, <laughs> the dorm almost. Really? So they kind of teased us. But that was fun. But I think she, we got to, oh, the other thing we did, we got to, I made a burger bar for them on Saturday and they had regular ground, you know, ground beef burgers. They had turkey burgers. I even did bison burgers. I wanted to do a little, little different. And then we made a very big um, Easter dinner. Um, and that's one thing I realized she really misses. We cooked together a lot because when I was growing yeah. up, that's what my mom did. Oh, God, I got another story for you. I forgot about that one. But anyway. So we ended up cooking um, dinner for 10 of her friends. It ended up being really, really nice. But okay, this is the last childhood story. I swear, I swear, I swear. So well, I got two of them, one of them. And I remember, I think I might have been in the first, no, I was in third grade, third grade. So my mother, she made these um, bourbon balls and this chocolate infused with bourbon. And that was just something she did. And she would send it to all her friends. So we would start making those in October and freeze them because she would just make them for Christmas. That's smart. That's smart. And she made so much that we had to start in October. Well, she yeah. would always make just regular chocolate balls and we would take the school for the teachers and for the class. Mm -hmm. So my brothers thought it would be cute if they switched them. So I, I like your brothers. I like your brothers. Box. Thank goodness a teacher decided to eat some of them before she put them out for the kids and realized they had bourbon in them. Oh, they were for the so, children? Yeah. So, um, of course, my parents got called to the school um, and my brothers was like, oh, it was so confusing and we didn't mean to do it, but they did on purpose. So here Gwen is. About to get some kids they, they were they were mischievous. 
They were y'all were bad. All love you. No, Always. You mischievous, and we've been letting you get away with it. But y'all were bad. <laughs> y'all were bad. So like to, this, <laughs> to this day, my oldest sister, she does the bourbon balls of every year for Christmas. She does bourbon balls for our family or something. But yeah, that that's a, a story they won't let go with that one. Uh, but yeah, that was my brother's, I tell you. <laughs> so yeah, by the time I got to junior high school, everybody lived like, oh Lord, you, you one of those caves, okay? <laughs> I like to have a good time. <laughs> Listen, the caves sound like a good time. The caves sound like fun. Yeah. I like it. I'm here for it. <laughs> we have done some fun things, but yeah, I can remember that um, really good childhood. I, I can remember that this was in the second grade. I always did something. When the second grade, the teacher decided that we were going to have a Thanksgiving dinner for all the students. Mm-hmm. And so the teacher was like, okay, so who's going to do this? Who's mom going to do that? And I raised my hand and said, my mom's going to cook the turkey and the dressing for everybody. And teacher said, oh, Gwen, that is so nice. And she was a new teacher, too. So she drove me home. She had to be, to not know better. She had to be. So she drove me home, and my mom just couldn't figure out why I'm pulling up with the teacher and getting out of the car. But the teacher had the turkey and, you know, was going to give my mom this big turkey. And so my mom was so upset. She said, I'm going to go ahead and do this. But Gwen can only bring paper products moving forward. And so from that time on, that's all I brought to any school function. From second grade, third grade, I was the paper plates, the the, the cups. The, Your mama I mean, had eight kids. <laughs> yeah, I'm not was looking up- for nobody else. There's 10 of y'all. That's an army. I'm looking yeah. for nobody else. Yeah. When? You would have got cussed. I know, but um, she did cook. Uh, it was really good. But then after that, they knew it. And like my mom told, she just, I think she made an announcement. I don't know if she said a letter. But it was like, Gwen can't come home with nothing. None of my kids can. And like she said, Gwen, nobody else did that. They were smart. You know, open up a can of green beans or something, but you don't go too far with the turkey in the dress. Okay. Um, so yeah, so and I kind of your mama cussed my- out the whole school when that's what yeah, that was. Yeah, your mama cussed yeah. out the whole school, and I'm not mad at it. I agree with her cussing out the whole school. Don't let this child tell you we ain't lying. Nothing. Okay. Always, Gwen is always lying. <laughs> don't-, <laughs> don't trust Gwen. She's smart and she manipulates people. <laughs> she lying. <laughs> Gwen ain't got it. Oh, don't listen to Gwen. Now, I want to fast my daughter because the first year when she was a freshman, you know, now in school, you can't be doing all that. You got to get cupcakes from the store. But yep. she went to a kind of a, it was this, I think it's like the number one diverse school in St. Louis. And they do all kinds of stuff. So, you know, oh, I got, I got really ripped. One year, I was really busy. And so I said, Camille, I'm bringing the ice. You know me, I'm the mom that brings the paper products to the ice. So I signed up for ice. And they, someone texted me and said that one of the mothers was sick and she couldn't do the dessert because I pick up dessert. So I decided, okay, I ain't got a lot of money. This is a really big back to school barbecue. So I got to get something kind of cheap. And they had marked down Patty LaBelle's pies. And so I bought all these sweet potato pies. And my daughter was so embarrassed. She was like, mom, you, you know we don't do this. 
but they have marked them down so low. I think I bought about 10 of them. So here I am with all these cold, you know, room temperature Pamela LaBelle pies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the white people loved it. The black people was like, who brought the patty pies? So my daughter was a little bit um, embarrassed. But the white people was taking the whole pies home. They loved it. They loved it. They wanted all of it. So I had Here's to make up. <laughs> when you so told me about your daughter's birth story, real talk, I was like, 100%. Right. I bet her daughter is a force to be reckoned with. Oh, yeah, because you don't come right. into the world like that without right. being like, papow. Like, I mean, like, I believe that 100%. She really is. She did something about, I guess it was about two years ago. She is major. It's kind of funny. She went to like this really um, bright school for people that want to go into medicine and bioscience. But mm-hmm. right when Trump kind of came in and all that, she kind of changed and saw that she wanted to go into political science or law. But she was at this really smart school. So they were like, you know, she loved it. It was really good. So she stayed there. Um, and she she did an internship for a political consulting firm. And it was so interesting because she had this job and she would have to go into different neighborhoods and pass out literature for these candidates. And one time her partner that she was going to do it with um, bailed out at the last minute. And she said, Mom, I've already signed up. They really expected me. She says, any way that you can just kind of go with me, you just drop me off and I'll go up and down the street. I said, well, no, I'll, I'll go with you. She said, well, let me go in there and talk to, you know, the organizers. And she came out and she said, well, I just negotiated you to get paid. And I'm thinking, what? She said, yes, yeah, not a lot, but you're going to get $18,000 and we're going to go and you're going to get mileage. I'm like, okay. Wait. Okay. Wait. Yay. So, yeah, I had a little spending money. <laughs> When I'm gonna need you to write a book. I don't. I need. I need. Well, I need several. Cook, I need cook, several. Need We've got all the all the things. I need a cookbook and a book on manipulating people. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she's got no, I mean, not manipulating. Say, a book on how to make it happen. That's okay, what we're gonna call right, it. Right. Okay. How to make it happen. Yes. How to like, make it happen. How to make it happen. I'm here to be your spin, Doctor Gwen. I got you. Yes. Okay. But yeah, so that's just kind of me, and um, even the way I got this job that I have now. Um, it's so interesting. And, you know, I really do believe in, um, I'm, I'm a very spiritual person. Mm-hmm. And I have been praying, Lord, you know, where, where, where you have me, this is not really working. I don't think I'm doing the job that you want me to be doing. And I had made this really detailed plan of how I was going to take the place I was at to the next level. I mean, I had worked on it for almost a year. It was time for my evaluation. And I went to my um, my boss and said, hey, when is my evaluation? I want to roll out this plan. I'm excited. And she said, don't worry about it. We, you know, we're not interested. And I said, oh, wow. Uh, so I said, maybe I misunderstood the way she said that. So I let a couple of days go by and I reached out to her again. And I said, you know, I'm really excited about this plan. I want to roll it out to you. And she was like, don't bother. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe... Okay, maybe I missed it, you know, because I'm a little hard-headed. Maybe, maybe she was having a bad day. So after the third time, I said, okay, that, that may be my sign that this is not the place for this plan. But I kept on going, kept on going. And so all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I get this email saying, oh, are you looking for something? It was a recruiter. And I thought, hmm, you know what? Nah, you know, the Lord has given me a sign again, not knowing that was the sign. 
So I, I, I ignored this woman for about two weeks. And then something said, I wonder if that's the sign. So I reached out to the woman, dug through my emails two weeks and was like, oh, you know what? I, I, I want to talk to you. What do you got? And this is how you know when God positions you in places and, and does things. So um, I reached out and she said, well, let me reach out to the CEO of this company and get you into the hiring manager and, and do some interviews. And it just so happened that a woman I had worked with, I really respected. She's an excellent nurse, worked at this company. I didn't even know she worked at this company because the man has different, you know, uh, different uh, facilities. And um, she heard that I was going to be interviewing. She called me and I said, I'm interviewing for this one company. She said, girl, that's the company I work for. I said, what? She said, and guess what? The owner's um, wife is at our facility today. So I'm going to say something about you. I said, okay. And I'm really excited. And um, it was interesting. So I ended up meeting him. We did like a little Zoom call, actually a phone call. And he said, when I get back into town, I'm going to meet you and we'll interview. So interview, and this is how, you know, the devil's a liar. My car decides to act up. I just got a lift and went on to the interview. You know, hey, I'm going to get go. to this interview. There we got go. To, go. Got to interview on time. Interview went well. I mean, it was almost like I, and then I decided I'm going to roll out some of my plan. And when I started rolling out my plan, it was exactly what they were looking for. And I said, so this was where the plan was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So the woman who I was kind of upset with, she was doing God's will. God said, don't, yeah. don't listen to that. But I didn't know that, you know. And so it was so interesting. So the interview went well, but this was a position that a lot of people wanted. And so I wasn't taking anything for granted. And what I found out was it was some heavy hitters that had more credentials than me, more healthcare experience than me. And I was the one. So he didn't say but that. What's for you, it's for you. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So after the interview, I asked them, was there somewhere I can sit outside because I need to call my lift? And he said, I'm going to be your lift. I'll take you home. And I said, okay, this is the man who owned the company, the CEO. And I'm looking, I'm like, no, I'm good. I mean, I don't live that close, but I don't live that far. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's okay. He's like, no, I'll take you. I, I got a pickup truck. I mean, I'm not driving more safe things. This is what I do. And we had the most interesting conversation on the way to my house. And so he pulls up to my house and, you know, I got just a regular little you know, house, but there's a brand new house being built next door. And he said, so is it new construction? I said, no. I said, actually, my neighbor's house burned down and they're rebuilding. And so he said, oh, that must have been just a fright for you. I said, I slept through it. He said, what? I said, actually, I worked very long that day, got home at midnight, went to bed, and the fire started at one o'clock. I missed everything. I missed all the fire trucks. I missed, I mean, everybody, everything. Nice. So I didn't even know it had burned down until I got up to go to work the next day and happened to smell the smell. And when I turned around and half her house is gone and I'm thinking, oh my God, what, as a neighbor, you know, I didn't go out and ask yeah. her if she wanted to come to my house and sit and give her some coffee right. or anything. So I ended up calling her and she said, you know what, Gwen, you've been working so much that somebody went to your door and knocked on it, but you didn't answer, but we thought you were okay. okay. You know? And so I was like, oh my God. I'm like, you know, and so I feel really bad. And he told me, he said, you know what? You should never work so hard mm -hmm. that your neighbor's house 
pretty much burns down and you didn't know. You're not aware of it. Yeah. And you're not aware of it. So he just said, you know, he, he said something really, and she said, you know, my leaders who I hire, all my executive directors or conductors and the people in the facilities and the buildings are the symphony. And your job is to just conduct, to make sure they have the instruments and all the resources they need. But you just got to keep conducting. Because at one point, I was at my other job, I had to cook for people. <laughs> I was the housekeeper. I would go clean some toilets if I needed to. Um, I was doing nursing. I was carrying, I had at one point three phones. I had my personal phone, the 24-hour phone, because I'm the executive director, and I had another on-call phone. And that's when I started getting to a point where I don't think you want me to do this, Lord, too much longer. I mean, I can juggle some stuff a little bit much. And so just the whole thing, and it was interesting. I remember calling them and saying, I didn't give you any references. Mm. And he said something, he said, ma'am, you have two references who've already spoken for you. One said that she would work with you no matter where you were. If, if you call her and said, hey, I'm at a new place, I need you. She said she would come. And he never would tell me the other person. He just said that someone else gave you a, a reference and I respect them. They're very respected in St. Louis healthcare field and I didn't need anything else. So I never gave the people any references at all. I just interviewed. Um, and so I just said, you know what? That is the place I need to be. And so, and it, it, actually I started my first week last week. Um, and I, I remember saying that because my daughter, she is giving a major presentation at a conference in Kansas City the end of September and I'm going to go. And I said, well, I'm already scheduled to go to Kansas City. And he said, well, if you're hired here, you're going to go. I said, well, I'm going to let you go. He said, I'm the president. I own the company. If I say you can go, you can go. And gang, and there it is. Me. He said, I'm very religious. So there's certain times you can't contact me because I'm going to be in my Sabbath. He said, but transversely, you tell me. If, if, your, if your religion recalls that you need to be left alone and have peace and not be interrupted, let's say on a Sunday morning, they're not going to call you Sunday morning. They're going to tell them not to. You just tell me. And I'm thinking, oh, wow. Because I used to work so many Sundays, I could even live stream my church because I was up in there working. And so um, it's interesting. Um, I'm excited about that. I know my daughter is excited because she was like, mom, you're to the point now where you're working too much. But it was just the Lord just, you know, what's for you is for you. Yeah. Um, and so that's why um, when my daughter was born, I can remember just re being very concerned about her being able to survive. And I'll never forget a doctor told me, I didn't know this. He said, for some reason, African-American girl preemies have the best survival rate. Yeah, we have the best, followed by African-American males, Caucasian females, and Caucasian males have the, the, the lowest survival rate for preemies. Wow. But you know, I guess we just the kind of people, um, these African-American women, these girls, we're going to survive. We're going to survive. So, and hey. they told me that, and I'm like, when she's so small, they were like, ma'am, she's probably one of the healthiest babies wow. that's here. Force to be reckoned with. It's or it's to be reckoned with. The size of the dog, it's the 
son the fight in the dog. There I'm besides the dog in the fight. So there we go. You can't do things, but <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Bad at things. That's okay. Got you. Thank you. Your yeah, it was just so- has been amazing. Yeah. One of the things that we do like to do before we go, can you tell us anything about the fashion that you are wearing? Because we do a segment called Runway Rewind. Yes. Okay. Listeners, took a lot of took a lot of concentration for me to get that out. Like late college, no, late high school, early college. Like, what were you wearing? Um, oh my god, I have a cute picture of me then. I was really um, a little before my time, late college. Um, I really am a scarf person. And so I feel like that will dress up anything. And so I just have crazy amounts of scarves. I probably have, I'm not gonna lie, I probably have about 50 to 70 different scarves that I just wear. So I'm a scarf person. If it wasn't like 99 degrees today or whatever, I didn't probably have a scarf on. So that was me scarfy, whether it's casual, whether it's I had a turkey scarves, I had, you know, just run to the store scarves, and I had just everyday scarves. When I love a good scarf, hard. A run to the store scarf, girl? Yes. I would have had one on the day, but it was a little too hot. So I'm here for it. And I I love love, love a good scarf. (laughs) Taylor, if you're listening, get me Hermes scarves for our, what is it? Our anniversary. I think what's coming first. Give me an Hermes scarf for our anniversary or several. Give me one. Give me one. I don't want to. I don't want to hurt his. I don't want to hurt his heart when he sees the price. Give me one. Oh, well, I have really enjoyed this. Well, thank you. Um, the only the only thing we really have left to ask is what what is it? Life life advice. What are you? Why do you? No, no. The 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 events. Oh, um, boom worthy news. Boom boom worthy blurbs. Ooh. Oh, I didn't have it by myself, so thank you, Diani. Do you have a piece of history that you remember, like a historical event in your lifetime that you remember that like really stood out to you? You know what I do? If I was, this this sounds really crazy. I was four and a half years old. I remember this like it was yesterday. Uh, Morgan, uh, Martin Luther King was assassinated. And I was, I had got kicked out of, um, I got kicked out of preschool. So my grandmother was keeping me. And I'll never forget, we were in this television room, I call it the TV room, and she came and grabbed me and held me. Mm-hmm. And she cried and she held me so tight, I kept saying, Grandma, what's wrong? And I think it was the fact that Martin Luther King had been assassinated. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what was going to happen to that. As a little child, as small as I was, I knew something was wrong. Yeah. Um, and she rocked me and she cried and I just was kind of like hugging her. I didn't know. I started crying. I didn't know mm-hmm. being, you know, four and a half. But I remember that very vividly. And that changed me to see that something would upset my grandmother. And then the aftermath of that, and to hear how the nation and all that was going on, um, that really sticks with me. And so actually the Michael Brown incident as well. Because I took my daughter down to the place where it all happened in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And you can tell by the change of the time of the day when there were good protests. And as it got dark, then yeah. the elements came out. But she got to meet um, Jesse Jackson. He came um, and he was there when um, we were there. You know, he said hi. And she 
want to jump with the crowd and I have to jump in with her because I'm like, I, I know that's Jesse Jackson, but we in St. Louis, it's getting dark and we got to get up out of here. Yeah. Um, and so that event going down there, I was actually in, I was actually in um, Memphis when it happened. I was on my way home, got to St. Louis and I had never seen the whole um, fire hose thing and the dogs and they had that. Mm. And that's something that I had read about, but to see that because it was the height of, yeah, that, that was another thing too, that Michael Brown incident. So, and that was it. So <laughs> I just want to say like, I mean, that is, it's great. It, it, I don't want to say great, like who I enjoyed it, but it was very interesting to, to hear about and to learn about. And you have been phenomenal to talk to. <laughs> I have enjoyed every minute of this. Your stories are just so good. Miracle and frightening. Well, thank you. <laughs> but I'm normal now. I'm pretty normal. I'm not, I'm not real bossy, so. <laughs> Gwen, be bossy. Be bold. Be, bossy. be crazy. Yes, We're I'm here for all of it. Be bossy. All of it. Okay. We like it. Yes. I love it. I love it. I'm be looking out for your cookbook and your... Yeah. Please, please release the cookbook. I will. My daughter keeps asking. Yeah, I don't, I don't cook, but I just try. I, I've been in the mood for a you do cook. Yeah, I've started to cook now. Um, yeah, I don't come now. from a cooking family. I don't know what you I. Know, but that's okay. I'm just sewing together some stuff. Do you have any life advice, life advice. for yeah. for our listeners, just in general? You know, I would just say, be you. Um, don't be afraid of who you are. Um, don't let anyone um, steal you from what you want to do uh, because they can be haters. They don't see your vision. So sometimes you can't tell everybody your vision. You just got to just do it alone. And um, I've learned that the hard way, but just you keep your vision. You do it. Don't worry about anybody else. It's going to be okay. Yeah. But enjoy Gwen. life. Gwen. <laughs> yes. Girl. Yes. You Gwen, come know, back. If you knew my story, if you knew my story, okay, we'll definitely have to have you back because it sounds like you got more in you. <laughs> when I, I feel like we got the tip of the iceberg. This was not the full set. I love yeah, I it. Yeah, I, I think I have some rated R, but we'll do that at Ooh. a different time. So. <laughs> yes, you been holding out. Okay, yep, that's what I'm real holding part out. Two. Okay. <laughs> Counters y'all. look out for part two. Y'all know okay, we part, part two. two. We part two. We do that. We do that. We, we got do. you. Gwen. Okay, I'll do Gwen. it. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank so you so much. much. Thank, Thank you so you, much. Be good now. Be safe. Right. <laughs> Will do. I love her. Amazing. Oh my God. I love her. Okay. Y'all, I realized um, in the last 90 seconds of that recording that I needed to pull up my drink. And I hadn't yet. And I know that I, ha- I have drinks saved. Nice. Um, oh, my God. Okay. The drink for next week is an Alabama Slammer. In case you decided to get a bottle of Southern Comfort, which my husband made fun of me for purchasing. <laughs> he was like, oh, wow, we're going with SoCo? And I was like, are you judging me? He was like, yeah, it's SoCo. Uh, so... Anywho, we're going to stick with it so you can get rid of the bottle. Uh, we're doing an Alabama Slammer. Okay, but 
It sounds so scary. Let me look at this. No, it is. And I don't like orange juice. I'm going to probably slip out. I'm going to swap out my uh, orange juice for pineapple juice. I don't like orange juice. I'll do the same because I hate orange juice. Yeah. We both had unfortunate experiences with orange juice. Never stopped with the alcohol. Was it the same? No, I wasn't with you. I wasn't with you. That was no, no, no. It wasn't together because mine, mine happened in high school. So I know. Okay. Okay. Mine happened. In co- oh my god it was so terrible wait or maybe I, mean, was- I already didn't like orange juice before that but like that night just solidified everything it was just oh, like, it was enough you know what i mean like was, and again like same i was never like ooh, i love orange juice i was yeah. just like eh. yeah and then i had no what yeah this was the and that was enough then stop drinking alcohol and- stop drinking orange juice <laughs> we want you to understand your hosts and this is where yeah. we're at yeah. so it's soco amaretto Slow gin, and I'm like, what's the difference between slow gin and fast gin? Yeah, I thought the same thing. Well, it's spelled with an E instead of a W, so I have a lot of questions. So when I was looking up drinks, I kept seeing things with slow gin, and I was like, I don't know what that means. So then I just didn't pick those things out. Slow That's gin. smart. Uh-huh. Okay, y'all. Apparently, and if you know this already, oh. please don't add us. Slow gin is its own separate thing. It's, it's not regular liqueur. gin. Yeah, slow gin is a thing. Oh, okay. Cool. Now I don't care when I'm gonna have time to go to the store and pick this up. The more you know, I'm gonna have to do it early because I do things last minute. I don't know why. Like I, I went to the store and bought the Southern Comfort like ten minutes before we started. <laughs> I don't know why I do that because I had all the time in the day. And, well, like, I, I love that, but like I went and bought the gin. We were on the phone, y'all. Yeah, I went and bought the gin. No, not the gin. It's Southern Comfort. I went and bought it uh, the day before. I went and bought it yesterday, knowing that we were going to record today, but like it was hard. Hmm. Actually, while I was at the store, they were giving me shots. And then I went on date night with my husband. It was romantic. Aww. So I guess mm-hmm. all that's left to say is until next time. Boom, baby. <laughs> <laughs>